gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, tonight, D-Generation X proudly brings to you the greatest show on earth. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Joe Black, Chris Mindell, the Sons of Slam podcast. Yo, 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 Papa Forty and check your rollies. It's crime time. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. We're bringing it, bringing it. We're bringing it, bringing it. What you gonna do? We're bringing it, bringing it. We're bringing it, bringing it. We're bringing it, bringing it. Hey yo, no more Hollywood. This is Hollywood, and it's crime time. You probably should come from the streets. I was waiting the gutter. I run up on your mother for that bread and butter. Mess around with these crooks, get your property took. Robbing is my job. I get paid off the books. Marvin with my squad ring, coming to stomping. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, who want problems? I can care less about a copper. They call me the copper stopper. I think you want something proper. No need to pack your bags. God damn, man. It's crime time. Man, oh man. What an awful, what an awful week just around in wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a weird, awful week, but then capped off by wrestling, which, which was really good, amazingly good. Brought to you by AEW, so we will get to all this good stuff. But rest in peace to Shad Gaspard. God damn, man, that one, yeah, that that, that one me. really, that that one sucked, and it wasn't like. It, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I was the hugest Crime Time fan back in the day. Yeah, but that Crime Time was on the rise when I got back into wrestling and I, I, I'm not even going to tell you what grade I was in um, <laughs> but it was just when I got back into wrestling and started watching Monday Night Raw every night yeah. they were starting to you know come up a little bit once I was fully invested in wrestling is when the whole CTC thing happened and, and all that so but this one this one sucked this one wasn't good not good not good let's get into it Sons of Slam welcome everybody on your Twitter, Sons of Slam Show, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, uh, Spotify. My name is Chris Mindell, along with the Reaper, Mr. Joe Black. What is good, sir? What up? What up? Uh, I've listen. I've gone through a roller coaster of emotions this week okay. when it comes to wrestling, mm-hmm. just because it in the entire wrestling community it started as a out as a you know very. Slav no, that's not the right word. Just a very emotional type week. Yeah. And then if you're a real wrestling fan and you watched Double or Nothing last night, you kind of had a little bit of like okay. Wait, way to throw that shade in, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know who I'm talking about. Ah, there it is. <laughs> I just want to point out, by the way, which I just found out this morning. Um as far as uh as far as Shad goes, um, did you know? I don't know if you play God of War. I don't, but I do know what you're about to talk about. So he was actually um, uh, he was digitally scanned as the new body for Kratos mm-hmm. in the new God yes. of War, the, the the reboot of God of War in 2018. 
and he performed a large majority of Kratos's uh, hand-to-hand combat and motion capture actions, as well as the fights. I did not know that until t- until today. No, yeah, what I think I, I found that out some short time after I found out about his uh, unfortunate passing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. it's interesting with that. So yeah, he's uh, he was found earlier. Uh, it was actually I think it was was that Monday of of this week. I think he went missing either on Sunday or Monday. Right. And he was his body was recovered on the beach in uh, on Wednesday. Unreal. Or or Tuesday or I Tuesday afternoon, Sunday. something like that. Yeah. I know that that uh, AEW on Dynamite had put up a. A graphic, right? That yeah. he had already, but but he had already like the body had been recovered. You knew it was him, all right. that stuff. Right. That was, I believe, it was Tuesday. Could yeah. you imagine if a- you didn't know, like if he was just missing, and then all of a sudden he he seventy two hours later he just shows up. Yeah. <laughs> after AEW pulls up this nineteen eighty one to twenty twenty or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he just showed up, just insane. God, what a weird, it's just an awful story, and just the, the idea of of how he went out to, um, in a blaze of glory, saving his son and. uh yeah, just just R.I.P. to Shad. That was just crazy. It was. I do have in my notes. It was recovered on uh, on Wednesday. Wednesday. It was Wednesday morning. It was recovered. He went missing on Sunday. On Monday. On Monday. Just unreal. Unreal. Um, I do have one thing about uh, crime time. One 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 bit. I saw that them do uh, recently. I saw the video making the rounds. Yeah. Was with them and DX. Okay. Go ahead. And, tri- and Triple H couldn't understand them. Okay. What is it? What is what is he saying? And the only way I could describe this is actually how I put it down. Triple H can't understand their quote urban rhetoric, but don't worry, Sean speaks jive. <laughs> I remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> and I heard that in 2020, and I was like, "E might not have been the best choice of words there, Sean." Yeah, but it made me laugh so much. Just, it really did. Yeah, just the the same the same kind of uh, mentality that they had with Jesse Ventura and his. Uh, his lines to Gorilla Monsoon and yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Um, uh, uh, last thing I'll say with Chad, they had a video making the rounds. Also, it was when Kofi won uh, at Mania last year, and it was him and MVP. Oh, and the two of them are looking at each other, and then MVP starts breaking down because you know he just realizes that the moment what what that means, and then the two of them hug it out, and just it's like <laughs> you I'm, can kind of see just about Chad break down. First, like you can kind of see him start to get emotional a little bit. Maybe it was just the way the light was hitting his face over MVPs. But then you see the both of them hug, and God, man, if yeah, brought a tear to my eye. Just, just yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, that was bad. Moving on. Um, speaking of, I actually, I wish we were moving on uh, to better we're not, things. We're not. <laughs> we're not moving on to better things. We're moving on to, I guess, equally sad things. Uh, rest in peace to Hana Kimura. She is a stardom wrestler. She apparently took her own life twenty-two huh? after she was cyberbullied at twenty-two. Jeez. And she also starred in Netflix's uh, Terrace House. Terrace House, yes. So I could like I I I didn't know her. Mm. Didn't didn't never seen a bit of bit of her work. But twenty two man after being bullied on the internet, that's just. I don't get into a whole like get on my you know, get on my soapbox thing here. But isn't it just 
like insane that you don't even know these people. <laughs> like these people, these are I people know. that you don't even know, and they they've affected you so much to the point of. I'm not I'm not saying this to to point fingers at her. This is that's complete opposite. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of just uh, bullying somebody that you don't know that they don't know you to the point of taking your own life. Just yeah, yeah. It's it, just sad news all around here. Um, speaking of more sad news, I finally watched. Well, I watched uh, actually live the um, the season finale of season two of Dark Side of the Ring, and I know yes. I know that you, not that I wa- even asked you during the podcast and during the shows because I, I didn't think you actually watched them. But you did, you did on on a couple of occasions, and I? I haven't. Okay, so I know that you started catching up. What, first of all, I want to get your impression of what you think of the show. Um, the show. So I okay bit of backstory i have been looking for a way for me to watch vice on my television because in my house in my room i only have apple tv i don't have cable hmm. so i didn't think vice had an app eventually on what was that saturday yeah i found out vice has an app i downloaded it and then i actually stopped watching smackdown saturday morning and decided to start watching the entire dark side of the ring series Okay. I started at episode one of season one I, of season one. Oh, you went way back. <laughs> okay. I started episode one, season one. I got to fabulous Moolah, which is the entire first season. Mm-hmm. I, and then I got through to the, I finished the entirety of the Dino Bravo episode. And by the way, we're definitely going to do a show on that yes. because, <laughs> Oh my God, do I have theories about Dino Bravo? <laughs> and, um, I got to the slap herd around the world. Yes. And I had stopped that because I needed to watch the Owen Hart episode. Yes. Because we need to to talk about that. We're about to talk about it right now. I, going into that episode, we we all know the the story, the tragic story. He was uh, in Kansas. It was a, um, uh, for a pay-per-view. And he was supposed to go on to this awning. This was after... His brother basically uh, jumped ship to WCW. Um, he was they were getting him back into the Blue Blazer character because they didn't have really anything else for him, and they went into the uh, the rafters, hooked him up to this uh, this uh, metal like uh, uh, vest vest, yeah. And the the locking mechanism was not meant for come to find out during this documentary, not meant for uh, somebody of his weight, and uh, they basically. Uh, collapsed from his weight and he dropped to his death yeah so quick question yes why were they using a sailor's clip instead of like a climber's d like a d-link right which is what what uh his wife was was saying why i uh, i mean if you want i have a bunch of notes if you want me to just start from the yeah, beginning i'll write right go right ahead and I'll, I'll, i will i will tag team with you and then kind of go off of what you got okay so they named their son oge because that was owen's nickname why why wouldn't you just name him owen and then just call him oge right um i saw more of owen in oge than i did athena but athena does have that face yes yeah, yeah. um why would WWE not use the same rigging company as previously and as previous and why was it this new type of vest? Right. What what were they doing as far as 
uh, cutting cost <laughs> with with that. Just very weird how they went with that 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 company that vest that that harnessing system. It was all kinds of weird. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, by the by, me looking at this entire episode and this new aspect mm. from the fo- uh, the police pictures, uh, I have surmised that he hit his head on the turnbuckle. Okay. Just by the way he fell. Mm-hmm. He definitely clipped his head on the turnbuckle on the way down, and at 80 feet, that's probably going to sever your spine. Yeah. Uh, and the, the one of the creepiest parts of, of this whole thing was that the referee that they interviewed, who was in the ring, uh-huh. uh, basically heard him say on the way down, look out. Oh, Broke my heart. So the, of all the things to have to, to say on your on your last your last words were look out. And he felt like the breeze because of he his didn't body hurt anybody on the way down. On the way down. He, yeah, he God, he, that he, was great. He would have killed him. Um yeah. Oh. And just the and feeling the breeze of a body going by you <laughs> to to his death. Um what, while you're looking at oh, shit. Uh, yeah. the, my bad. I, the I lost idea. It. It's okay. Um Go, go ahead, because I, I want to I kind of recap this. Oh, with, with I had ends. definitely mentioned uh, JR had 10 seconds. Yes. Yeah. When he right. found out, I definitely I mentioned it on, on a show months ago, what probably. Do you, what do you do? I, I don't remember that, uh, having that conversation. What do you do in that situation where you're like, you, uh, uh, it was, oh, shoot, I'm forgetting the name of the producer you said. Um, Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn, thank you. What do you do when Kevin Dunn is in your ear and says, uh, we're back in 10 seconds? And then you just saw, you just saw this man fall. You just, you're seeing now, uh, the king walk back from the ring, and he looks like a ghost. Like he saw a ghost. Like he's just because he he basically did, and so he is just stunned. You you have no idea what to do. You have an arena full of people, and they cut away in the actual pay per view. And I remember watching this uh, as if it was yesterday, watching the cut scenes and just seeing like everybody kind of just the the camera just panning. Uh, to different areas of the arena. They didn't know what to do. They panicked. JR comes in, says he says what he says uh, in a quivering voice, and then you still have matches. You yeah. Still so have here's my thing. Pay-per-view. From... That, that, by, by the way, I'm sorry. This, by the way, that would not happen today. That would never fly. No, today. no, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Today. Publicly traded company Absolutely. nowadays. Yes, that's right. Right. Um, from, they made it seem like JR went through three different commercial breaks. Yeah. So what was the timeline in your to your knowledge? What was the timeline from when Owen fell after the promo, after Owen's promo? When Owen's promo came on the screen, take your milk and vitamins. From that time to when they announced his death. Hmm. I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. Okay. From that time to the next match, right. how long of a time was that? If I remember correctly, um, I do have a secondary question after you answer do you have, this. Do you have the answer for this? No, 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 no. Okay. I just have another question. How long in between they announced Owen's death and the next match? Oh, the next was match. It? See that I remember um, more vividly. That was um, just it was a matter of minutes. Like it wasn't like they 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 in be- till the next match. From the time that that Jr. announced the death, his death. Yeah. To the next. What match. we now what we now know is Kevin Dunn going in his ear and yep, saying, yep, you know. Sense. Owen died. You got ten seconds. That's all you said. From there, yeah, from that point up until the and 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 then he kind of interviewed King and uh, he was like, yeah, it's it's it, it, basically it's over. From that point to the next match, they didn't like waste any time. It wasn't like they just kind of like 
try to kill with filler. Like it was just the, the next match. They filibustered. On. They filibustered for as long as they possibly could until they went to the next match, and it was not a long, not a long period of time. Jeez, it was crazy. Um, as far as the first part, I, I honestly I don't remember. Um, because the the way they make it seem in the documentary, as well as all of the other clips and stuff I've seen about the death, because mm. I didn't watch it live. I'm on record as saying that the first pay-per-view I watched was WrestleMania 25. Right. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, the way they made it seem was that it was like, you know, three, four commercials in between. And then and then they announced Owen's death and then another commercial. And then they went to the, like like an hour span is what they made it seem like. But it could have just been 25 minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't like immediately from the time that it happened because they went, they, they took him to the back. They put him in the ambulance. Like it wasn't immediate at that point, but when they announced the death up until the next match, that seemed like it was immediate. Like it wasn't like a, a long time frame at all. Um, if if someone can can correct me, I, I would I would love to to know for sure. But I, I'm telling you off of memory from when I remember seeing that and just wondering what why aren't they showing anything from the ring? Like it was just and that was me, like being as green in wrestling. Even though I loved wrestling at the time, it was not the, mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, oh, I know everything behind the scenes and how this works and that works. That they went to the the, the audience because I'm just like uh, they're trying to get action shots. What's going on? I want to see what's happening in the ring. It was just very sudden that they all of a sudden you just see nothing as far as the ring goes and everything's above. Like, if you remember your first reaction to it, not what you now know is a work and a shoot. Mm-hmm. What was your reaction? Um, if I saw it now for the first time, no. When you saw it yeah. for the first time live, you watched the pay per view. Oh, if, if it was a work or a shoot, um, I I, I thought it was part of the gimmick. I honestly didn't really? I, I thought it was part of his the blue blazer thing was just kind of like oh he's joking around he just he just the magically fell and uh or, or comically fell and that was it and then when he said it I'm like it, everything just kind of like just turned quick <laughs> I remember suddenly like, my jaw just dropped and I'm like oh my god like it was just it was so sudden that, yeah and, see and you kind of you kind of in, in I also remember when watching it that when I saw JR say what he said um that I I did it. It didn't have this like this this seriousness in that moment. Like he didn't he didn't convey it as because he didn't know. And he you know, in that moment he didn't know what he was what was going on. He didn't know if he was going to be alive or dead. So he didn't know what to say. So that's what he was saying or how he was conveying his his emotion came through. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm in limbo also because he was in the same limbo. He didn't know. So it was just it was just all kinds of weird in that moment. And when he actually announced it with with the king, it was just it was gut wrenching, man. <laughs> it was just all kinds of weird. Now I do want to know I because you were not lit okay you were not a child no you know what I mean so I want to know if there are children that watch that pay per view like people let's say my age who watched it if they remember right. what happened hmm. although to be fair I was in kindergarten <laughs> um, but yeah. It it still boggles my mind to this day mm. why. Like, I, I understand the gimmick. I understand why you had to do it. Mm. But I don't understand why the, why the shift in company could. Okay, here's a weird just, I'm throwing it out there. Mm. Eric Bischoff, if I were Eric Bischoff, I, nowadays, mm. today, I would feel somewhat of responsible for Owen's death. How come? Because... The whole point of them using a different rigging company mm. and the whole reason why they had to do it was because they had to cut costs and save money. 
Right. Why did they have to cut costs and save money? Because they were losing the ratings. Mm-hmm. So let's let's say they weren't losing the ratings. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could have just done the same whole shtick with the full-on harness. Okay. All right. I mean, I I, I hear what it's you're a, saying. It's a jump. It's a it's jump. A jump. <laughs> I get it. It's a, it's jump. a jump. But uh, I'm just saying. I, I hear what you're saying. I, but here, and then I, I will counter that with this. Um, if If... Eric was to blame. Why did Eric have such success with Sting doing it, but Vince couldn't do the same thing with with Owen? Sting Sting's gimmick was that whole thing. Like that was his thing. He would drop down from the rafters. He'd get into the ring. He he'd unhook the the harness. It would fly up, and then he'd do his thing. It, it, it was without fail every single time. Yeah, uh, the only thing that I can say is that uh, Eric had unlimited money. <laughs> it, it I, I get it, but it's it's. A, you're talking about a person's life here. I mean, it's just the idea of, of even thinking that, which it went, obviously went through his his, his mind because uh, because she, she had. I'm, t- I'm drawing a blank. Martha had the the rig in her hand. They showed in the camera the the actual. It was hook. a sailing clip. Sailing That's why clip. they use it. Yes, they had the sailing clip. She showed it from the box in storage. She had it there, and the idea. And it says, as far as max uh, weight capacity. Why they would cut back to using that as opposed to something else when you knew you had someone's life basically in your hands because you were dropping him from a roof. <laughs> yeah. So first things first, the police are kind of at fault too. They should have stopped that match as soon as they got to the arena. Because you call 911, right. what mostly happens? You always get ambulance and cops. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, unless there's a fire, you get ambulance and cops. Right. So why wouldn't the cops shut down the pay? Like, why wouldn't they stop the pay per view? And it's also why wouldn't they tell Vince McMahon, listen, we have to investigate this as a possible, you know, homicide. Yeah, it's a crime scene. It's, it's it is. Scene. It's a crime scene. Yeah. So why wouldn't they stop it? Right. Yeah. Until it's declared negligence, mm-hmm. then you have to investigate that as someone how someone magically got up there and yeah. clipped them out somehow. That was just a, a bad call on their end. Uh, the last thing I'll say on this, uh, and you can you can keep talking on it. I know you have a bunch of notes. Uh, I wanted to talk about Martha and her role in this whole thing. And mm-hmm. um, I know this is obviously Martha heavy <laughs> as far as it goes because this is the first time, as far as I know. That anybody she's done two things uh, that I know of okay. since Owen died. Okay, right. and that is this year Talk is Jericho, mm-hmm. and this year Dark Rock, right. uh, Dark Side of Dark the Ring. Side of the, so all of a sudden she's she's come out of the woodwork, and you know, everybody's interested in this this story here. At least from what I know and from my own interest, this story and the Benoit were my two most peaked interest stories. So I was waiting diligently for this this season finale to come out, and I was waiting for her to hear from her and. The only thing I knew of, of her was that she was, she kept denying his entrance into the Hall of Fame. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to find out. Again, and I, I prefaced this whole conversation by saying everybody knows the story of his death. But nobody really knows the behind the scenes of it all until now. And my shock came at the end of everything. Uh, the, the end of the episode where it was divulged that the Hart family, half of them were on her side. And half of them weren't on her side because she was suing McMahon, and she she didn't want Owen in the Hall of Fame because it obviously I mean, you, you you were negligent in his care. So because mm-hmm. of that, why should she give you the satisfaction of putting him in the Hall of Fame? I completely agree with that. Now I completely agree with it. But the idea of the Hart family, half of them down the middle, did not want her to do this because it would hurt their career. 
with McMahon's and WWE. Uh, how does that? I, I'm, I'm, my mind is blown. <laughs> my mind is blown. Your brother died in the ring, and yet you are more concerned with the fact that she's going after McMahon and that your chances in wrestling with WWE, which never even happened anyway, are gone. All right, let's let, let really quick the most popular of the hearts, right? And, and then him, <laughs> he's he's my other point is that he just basically was they were good, and she just went on another interview after this came out. They were good up until that lawsuit, and he, the reason why they don't talk anymore, I don't know if you know this, but the reason why they don't talk anymore is because in the original suit, uh, he wanted her to put in the suit that he can, she can get back his, Bret, Bret Hart's, uh, uh, intellectual property. So his matches, everything that it was of him, he, wants, he wanted to own. And because she did not do that, he then went, and that's why he apparently became friendly with McMahon again. To get his property back, and so that's oh why that's why they don't talk anymore. And this is this is according to two different sources, including one one being Martha. I again, mind blown, <laughs> mind blown. Yeah, one of the notes I do have is that Martha is literally the only person keeping Owen out of the Hall of Fame. And and because well, and I his, feel like at this point, also. his son also, his son also, yeah. But at this point, Vince, if someone were to bring a case to him and pitch it to him the right way. Mm. Natty, I don't think Brett, because of the whole AEW thing. Right. But if someone like Natty or you know people along those lines were to pitch to have Owen in the Hall of Fame, they could do it now. Right. But Martha won't allow it, and she has the final say. And you'll, so, which is why you will never... <laughs> you will never see uh, unless you know which sucks which which it sucks because owen d- deservedly so needs to go in the hall of fame but you'll never see it because of martha and if martha somehow happens to go you'll never see it because of Oge. <laughs> like it's, yeah it's it, it, both of them will will completely exnay the whole thing and, and it's re- what i was gonna say i'm sorry and i i just remember while you were talking that, that you, I, i'm talking about the other family members in the Hart family not wanting to be blackballed but i'm, I'm thinking also there was a uh, uh the british bulldog Talking about Jim D'Anville, Neidhart, all these people were still alive then, obviously, so they wanted part of WWE, and this would have put a black mark, according to them, would have put a black mark, even though their their brother-in-law just tragically died. But it would put a black mark on it, and I feel like Stu might have had a little bit to say in that, right. just because he's a hard-nosed wrestling promoter. Your son, though, man. <laughs> I know. It's just, it's, it's just mind-boggling to me. But uh, yeah, that's it's uh, it's such a, and then Vince getting the whole lawsuit moved, yeah, to Connecticut for right, you know because right. you can't award punitive damages right. and all that right. stuff. Yeah, that, even that too. Just it, that that's just like shady as shit. That's that's pouring gasoline on the fire. Yeah, it's, absolutely. There was no need for it. I get it. There was no need for it. But now, you're gonna have Owen Hart, who influenced. A generation of wrestlers who influenced the current generation of wrestlers. Right, right. If you think about the people that Owen Hart influenced, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, all those Dean Malenko, all those people were watching and or probably working with at some point Owen Hart. Right. And now you just gotta erase his memory from history. Unbelievable. 
Uh, unreal. And I, I, I wanted to get emotion from watching this one as the last uh, episode. And I'm thankful that they made this a season finale because it deservingly so had to be that. But it was just so much more that I learned from this and uh, and a lot more questions now that I, <laughs> that I have after watching it. At least 35 to 42 percent of the episodes I watched, I cried at the end. Just like a quick, you know, like one of those you push down as much as you can, but that's still one leaks out right at the side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Benoit, it, Savage. Ben, um, oh, Benoit. Benoit, uh, if, it, if it wasn't for the Eddie death, Benoit's thing would have been one episode. Yeah. that was Because a, that first episode centered a lot around Eddie's death and yes. how it affected Benoit. Yeah, which I was and like. Eddie died, it switched to Benoit, and I was like. I forgot this was about Chris. Yeah, it's about Chris. Yeah, it was weird that they did that too. I thought they would have just had like an Eddie episode, because and and I and and, and just saying that now, I kind of just answer my own question. I realized they're why, going to. Well, I'm, I'm realizing why they didn't have their own Eddie episode. That was technically it because it wasn't really a dark side of the ring thing. He he took steroids. Uh, everybody knows that it was kind of like it was he died of heart uh, heart uh, complications. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody knows that that situation, and it, it, that was that is tragic in and of itself. But it's not to the point where it it warrants its whole episode around a dark side of the ring episode where Benoit obviously did. So because it, it wasn't a dark point in the history right, of wrestling, right? Which is why they didn't have it. So again, you can you can tag it along with Benoit because they were so such good friends, and the mm-hmm. way he went out was tragic. But then oh wait, here's more, and there's a lot more, and Benoit went and and had that thing go on. Um, yeah, just the, the series is amazing. It's <laughs> just an amazing series and how they put everything together with it. And um, we will definitely have a, um, an uh, episode where we just talk about some of the other, like season one. Yeah, and, stuff. and here's here's a teaser for that episode. Yeah. You could say correlations between Snuka and Benoit, but we'll talk about that later. Snuka's another one too, man. Just like every single one of them. Uh-huh. Just crazy. I, I, I was... Uh, and this is the last thing I'll say about the dark side of the ring. The the episode I know it's not it's not one of the one of the ones that are in the forefront of everybody's mind, but the one with the um, the uh, brawl for all, it was oh. just it was just <laughs> so awful in the idea. Not the not the 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 episode was great, but the idea of having this fight because Russo was just so adamant and so hated hated uh, JBL. <laughs> that you want to have this fight to basically have a real fight for money. It was just such a shit show. I'll I'll just want to tag this on really quick. You uh, I'll I'll agree with you in saying that it the okay, the idea itself was okay. I could uh, you could get me behind the idea for a brawl for all. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for the original one. You could get me behind that. But the reason for the idea even being thought of was a shit show yes. just to see JBL get knocked out. Right. Which eventually and it took him four rounds. It took him four rounds, <laughs> which eventually he did. But the, I think the reason why it was such a shit show was not because of the fight itself. Like you just made your, you were supposed to have two guys in this, this match, uh, Dr. Death and JBL be put on mm-hmm. the pedestal and be pushed with this, which completely destroyed death's career in one yep. fell swoop. And JBL still thrived in, in WWE and became champion. But you had this guy now in Gun who won the whole thing, surprisingly won the whole thing, and then your idea is to because he wasn't the guy that I wanted to squash him by having him go against Motorbean. Yeah, you just killed his career. <laughs> you, you killed two people, two people's career in one fell swoop, and that is what's mind-boggling to me about that. I the whole concept. 
And the only reason Butterbean won is because that Bart actually had boxing experience. If he went in with no boxing experience, he would have beat the dog shit out of Butterbean. Hmm. Well, Hot he, take. He but we'll get, it, we'll get into that you gotta, in you, the you gotta shit episode out. to come. Coming soon. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> all, all the feels. All the feels. So, we had the week in wrestling. Uh, and the only thing I can uh, say as far as uh, Raw goes that I found of note is that I was always kind of apprehensive with the, with Austin Theory. I, I love him as a performer, just in this particular group. So Stay Case Idiot is no more, and uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Austin Theory. That's all right. I'll get over it. Is, uh, Austin Theory went from face to heel, back to face in the span of about 10 minutes. Yeah, he uh, worked a little Big Show angle. Yeah. The amount of heel yes. face turns he has. <laughs> but I think this is a record, though. For I think he broke Big Show's record. This is. I think it was fastest. <laughs> fastest. Yeah, in one night. So he's now aligned. Yeah. He's now aligned himself with Seth Rollins, uh, to to the chagrin of Buddy Murphy. He didn't look. He didn't look pleased when this was all going down. He kind of looked a little jealous. But uh, we shall see what happens with that. Uh, other than that, between that and Raw, um, the Viking Raiders and Street Profits, uh, I I'm getting annoyed by the whole thing, um, with that whole <laughs> this, this whole competition nonsense. And then uh, Corbin had an invite and was defeated by McIntyre. Nothing figured. No, yeah, really, nothing of note there. Um, <clears throat> NXT though. Uh, let's start with that before we uh, get into everything else here. Karrion Cross still holds uh, my heart with with that entrance though, because that's just insane. Even though I think he only knows two moves. I'm Is sure. it Karrion Cross that holds your heart, or Scarlet that holds your heart? Uh, the entrance holds my heart. Uh, Scarlet in the entrance. Hold, hold, is hold, the reason why your heart is held. Hold, hold something else. Um, <laughs> I am, you know, man. Uh, Carrying Cross is. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, Hello my honey. Hello, my time gal. I feel like he only knows like three moves since he only performs like uh, the suplex and the, or what's it called? The, uh, I keep forgetting that name that he has. Your doggy? Nope. Yes. No. The, the, like, the, it's not even belly to back. It's whatever he, that suplex that he does basically snaps next. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I did also forget that one until uh, so he did, did that. He defeated uh, uh, Liam Gray, and then Tommaso made his return after he was attacked by Cross uh, several weeks ago, and uh, that is setting up to be an awesome match of the bald heads. Um, okay, yes, here's here's my my query and my confusion for the night because there's always confusion with wrestling because again wrestling. Um, we had the tournament for the cruiserweight uh, title here for the interim NXT cruiserweight <coughs> title. And El Hijo del Fantasma. Uh, Hijo, El go Hijo. on. Did I not say that? I'm sorry. El Hijo. Hijo. Just, just make Hijo. believe like the H Hijo. is not there. Hijo. There you go. <laughs> El Hijo. <laughs> anytime, anytime you see a Spanish word or name that has H as okay. the first letter, okay. just make believe the H ain't there. Okay. I'm gonna like do- psychologist. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take babble and just start... Uh, <laughs> Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone. I, I tried Rosetta Stone. It didn't work for me, but I'm getting a lot of feedback about Babel. I think we're gonna go that route. Um, can I? Can you ask you? Because I, you seem to know everything as far as like the, these kind of things. When Phantasma won against Tazawa, and I, mm-hmm. I'm a huge Tazawa fan, um, they ended up with the same record of two and one. Yes. With that though, and there was no explanation on NXT why this was. Phantasma is going on to the finals, even though they have uh-huh. the same exact record now. That is Group B. In Group A, there are three people with a two-on-one record, and the three of them next week are having a triple threat match to see who's going to go on to face Phantasma for the title. 
Why is it that in Group B, even though Tozawa had the same record as Phantasma, Phantasma went on? Go on. Okay. I just want to preface what I'm about to say with I agree with everything you said. Okay. I think that they should have had, if anything, Tozawa and Phantasma go against each other head to head. Right. See who won. Right. But if you think about it. I will. In baseball. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're in the playoffs. Mm Mm-hmm. And you got two teams with the same record. Right. Who gets... No, hang on. That's not it. No, it would be it. Because, yeah, no, you're, I, I see where you're, where you're going. Like, if it was like a, a one-game playoff, they've had... It's it, tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Right. So whoever gets it, gets it. But... Tazawa was, tiebreaker gets home field advantage. Tazawa was undefeated, though. Exactly. Right. Until he fought, so, fought this match. And then they got the same record. He was 2-0. and And Phantasma was 1-1. One one. Exactly. Right. But Phantasma owns the tiebreaker between the two of them. How so? Because he just beat the number one guy. But it, Tozawa didn't have any defeats until that match. So he defeated him. They they both have the same record. Mm. But in one-on-one competition, mm-hmm. Phantasma edged him. So wouldn't they just capitalize on this better if they just had a tiebreaker match? Yes. <laughs> I agree. With, uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. If they if they said that it's like the the war to settle the score, this is it. So this is now <laughs> on the Group A side. Yes, you have Drake, Kushida, and the other one. Atlas, Who's the other one? Atlas, um... Drake, Kushida, Tony Nese is out. Who is the th- Jack now? Jack was on the other side. Drake, Jake Atlas. Jake, there you go. And, and Drake, Jake, and Kushida. Drake, Jake, yes. Now, the reason you have to put them in a th- triple threat match is because neither one of them, uh, let's say, owns a tiebreaker. One of them beat the other, the other one beat the other, stuff like that. Okay. So you have to have a definitive last match to see who is going to advance. My whole theory mm-hmm. is that pretty much Phantasma beat Tazawa. Which means if you were to have a tiebreaker between Phantasma and Tazawa, because it's scripted, it's going to go the same way. Wait, what? You heard what I said. Okay, or whatever. I just watched Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> that Keith was Abe is non-existent to me right now. There's nothing scripted about that. Yes, go ahead. But, uh, yeah, so you have to, it's just going to go the same way. You're going to have Phantasma beat him. Mm-hmm. And you just wasted another week of a match. Which they, what can, what else do they have to do right now, <laughs> other than that? Yeah, I mean, this is true. This is this. You know, this is true. They could have had Phantasma win two two weeks in a row. So so be it. But they they, they figured this is the way to go. And wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to clarify. I just want a clarification. I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, no problem. So Mia Yim. Uh, defeated Santana Garrett, and then Candice LeRae came out with Johnny Gargano, and it was basically a, uh, a two-on-one at the end of the match. It was a couples match. It, was, it ended up being a couples match versus Mia Yim, and they were getting jumped, and she was getting jumped by the two of them until uh, Mia Yim's uh, uh, break kayfabe uh, boy toy came out in the form of Keith Lee and uh, broke things up. I can't believe that they actually let that happen. <clears throat> but it just goes to show you that Vince, I mean, sorry, Hunter there you go. is not Vince. Right. right. Hunter will have no problem to, you know, blur a couple storylines here and there. Um, Plus, they never mentioned that Keith Lee and Mia Yim are together. They have not. All you have to do is say that Johnny Gargano's former rival Mm -hmm. has now come after 
Johnny Gargano, who is doing a disjustice to another person who is on their brand. I think they did, they did a good job in saying, basically having him come out as the rescuer, not in any kind of romantic uh, recovery <laughs> for, for Mia Yim. Exactly. I just, I just find it funny. I mean, you, where's Dijakovic? Why couldn't he come, have come out? Well, because Keith Lee is, is stooping Mia Yim. That's why. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but boy, if Dijakovic came out and then you set up a Mega Powers type storyline. Woof. Oh, look at that. Oh, Ooh. Look at you. <laughs> right. I'm always thinking. I got to think of something else other than my Four Horsemen storyline has gone to shit. <laughs> shit. Yeah, it is done. Sorry. At least until two or three years from now. Um, nah, but- 18 months. You're being very optimistic, <laughs> very optimistic that after not after uh, two years, well, maybe, I don't know, we'll see. I'm sure Rollins and, and Lynch can afford a au pair or nanny or something. Uh, Roger Strong and Dexter Loomis, I'm still fascinated at the fact that every time I watch a Loomis match, he never blinks. I- I'm constantly just, just, yeah, and not to mention that he's, he's a really good uh, talent also, but uh, yeah, that was <laughs> just freaky. <laughs> It's just freaking watching him wrestle. He is, it's fucking weird. I don't know if you watch the show um, uh, Tacoma FD on True TV. It, I don't, but isn't that the one with uh, the the Broken Lizard guys? Yes, yes. Okay, I love Broken Lizard guys, and that show is hysterical. It is hysterical. If you get a chance to watch it, uh, especially now it's on break because they had to stop production because of the virus, but they're returning in the summer. But if you get, get a chance to watch those episodes, it is hilarious. He looks. Like, how much is the captain like Farva? Uh, how much is the what? How much is the uh, I don't know his name. How much is the guy like Farva from uh Super Troopers? Oh, he's uh it's completely different. Really? Yeah, no, he's a completely different character. Like he's See, I don't know if I like that. I love Farva. Uh, so do I. But in this you'll you'll love him too. I'm I'm telling okay. you. Yeah, he he definitely plays a role well. Everybody has a, a very good it's a very good show. Loomis looks like one of the characters on that show plus like Steve Austin plus like a mixture of different uh uh, characters, but he's it, it's just freaky as shit. I, that's all. I if you about. mix Steve Austin, yes. Killer Cross, and uh, the other dude from Broken Lizard who's on Tacoma FD, you get Dexter Loomis. That's that's the guy I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, the short one. No, not the short one. No, this guy's. But he looks exactly like the same height as this guy. Um, no, 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 I'm talking about uh, the guy from Broken Lizard. Like he's in the group. I've not yet. I'm blanking his name. Right, the short guy. <laughs> the short guy, yeah. Yeah. If you mix him with Steve Austin and Killer Cross, you get that guy. So Steve Lemmy is the guy you're talking about. Thank you. Ke- Kevin, Thank you. Kevin Hefferman plays the chief. I'm talking about not, yes. not, not, neither one of those two. There's another actor on here. Uh, his name is uh, Gabriel Hogan. Um, I pulled up IMDb. If you pull up Gabriel Hogan and look at him and then look at Loomis, it's the same person. Let's, let's you, you, while, you that, while you do that, uh, Roger Strong takes that one with the UE. Uh uh, we had Oni Lorkin match with Danny Birch. Danny Birch, uh, Maverick, holding strong with uh, maintaining his his uh, job <laughs> with the WWE with the Dubs, uh, defeating Kushida in a huge upset. Uh, I see it. You, do you see it now? See I see it. it yeah, it, no, it. I definitely see it. <laughs> I, when I think of him and I think of Loomis. I think of the same person. Um, one one quick thing, going back to Roderick Strong and Loomis. Yeah. Um, really, really horrible editing when Dream came out and then dropped the elbow off the ring post onto yeah, Adam Cole. Yeah. It was so bad. So it was so bad. So let me get this straight. So if uh, I, I know they, they weren't live. Monday, Raw was live. Um, mm-hmm. This NXT was not live. I don't think NXT has been live for, for a while now. But that was a weird edit. I noticed that. 
I did want to ask though if uh if if Dream went off the top of the the turnbuckle there, did they basically have like a padding on the floor so he land on the padding and the next step yeah. was to kind of like just okay all right fair enough they had to yeah. what I what I'm thinking is that he went off the ring post onto a padding that it was on the other side of the barrier the okay. barricade right and then when it came down to the whole editing part they're just like all right we're gonna need a shot from the air so he probably got up onto the barricade and then just sprang up in the air and dropped the elbow onto cole right there gotcha this way it's you know a three and a half foot drop instead of a <laughs> 15 foot drop he just broke my heart anyway um I told you, bro, Dark Side of the Ring has really got me into the, some of these uh, rabbit holes. Uh, <clears throat> Priest uh, explains why he, he uh, attacked Balor. Uh, finally, Balor, Balor can actually stay in a storyline for once, um, which is unfair to him. And then Charlotte Flair uh, interrupting Rhea Ripley and Yoshirai's match, mm-hmm. uh, which was actually really good until, I mean, not that that was bad that she interrupted it, but I mean, I, f- I figured at some point there's got to be a way to get out of this, and that was the way, <laughs> was a DQ. Um and that was that was NXT. Any uh... before I do have one more thing. Um, what do you think about Matt Riddle mm-hmm. versus Timothy Facha? Who's not English, but God. Yeah, in a cage. Hmm. I like it. I like it. I Did like you it. not notice that part of NXT? Like he said that. Yeah, I did. No, I remember that. Okay, I'm just so I, your I, reaction I... was just like. Oh my God, Joe! You had another brilliant idea. Yeah, no, no, like, no. I can't was, take credit for that. No, one. no. He, no. Riddle said it. I, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> between between that and when I look at that, your talk and just seeing like his teeth, I, I yeah, I. Uh, I I'm, That's the problem. You look at Timothy Thatcher. You're like, okay, this is fucking Birmingham, born and raised. <laughs> you must. But be. No, it turns out it's Birmingham, Alabama, Alabama. born and raised. <laughs> from from Cali. Oh, what is he from? San Diego from or something? San Diego, Sacramento. Yeah. yeah, they have no teeth there. Um, that's not true. Uh, no, but they got the best plastic surgeons in the world. Do you think he could have fucking scrounged up a couple? Well, maybe shoes? now that he's maybe now that he's on a, a, a brand, a, on a good brand, that he can get some money enough to uh, fix that shit. Oh, I fucking hope so. <laughs> I hope so, so I can enjoy his match. Can you imagine if Timothy Thatcher comes out with like this whole king gimmick? No pun, no, no, no disrespect to King Corbin. Okay. And then he just opens up his mouth, and there's these fucking veneers that are just bright white <laughs> on the outside. On all you hear is the sound effect of ting. You just see the, like, the sparkle on his yeah. teeth. <laughs> uh, as soon yeah. as he opens up his mouth, it just shines so bright, yeah. cuts to white, and then cuts to black. Next segment. Next segment. That's it. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Um, okay, so moving on to SmackDown really quick here. Uh, absolutely nothing of, of notes. Other- the only thing of note I have from SmackDown. Yes. Is if that tribute to armed troops, to our to our armed services, yes. doesn't make you shed a star spangled banner sized tear. <laughs> okay. You are not American enough to talk to me. Okay. <laughs> I completely agree. Because I looked at that, I watched it, and I almost dropped to my knees in tears. It was so patriotic. It was fucking beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. No, you're right. You're right. I thought you were going to say, if, if you didn't take a massive a patriotic shit, then I uh, I would have taken that too. Um, so basically, uh, the only thing with SmackDown... I just did. 
Joe Black, everybody. So now the only thing that we've we've gotten from SmackDown uh, going into Backlash is um, that the Miz and Morrison are going on a two on one for the the title. In which I, we were talking about, have, can they have a, a co champion uh, during our our Zoom call? And I said, yeah, we you can because Michelle McCool and Layla set the precedent for that, and they basically split the title in two and had uh, half on on each shoulder. Um, Lay cool. Lay cool, and they were they were co champs. So you could do that. Uh, Styles makes his return to SmackDown. He's now on SmackDown because wrestling. And they just basically explain, they, they always explain those kind of things with the trading. We traded uh, for Styles for two unknown, uh, unnamed wrestlers. So Listen, I, I'm totally okay with that. I'm not, I have no problem with it. I just love that wrestling. Um, so now Styles. No, wrestling would have just been like, hey, AJ Styles is here now. This is true. So, okay, so the, the, the three word. They're, they're baby steps. The three word blurb that they explained it with that, uh, that basically does it. Um, That's enough. So Styles takes on Nakamura in an amazing match, and that one ends up with Styles taking the the win. Um, I don't know. Forgotten Sons actually talked, but they they cut a promo. Um, then we have Bailey and uh, Charlotte Flair in a one on one, which was really good. And Bailey uh, telling Sasha Banks to hold off in the back because she wants to win herself, and she did with a roll up and holding up of the ropes as a heel does. So Bailey takes the win with that. Look at that booty. Um, <laughs> which is just amazing booty. Uh, oh, you said booty. I thought you said boobies. Look at those boobies, booty. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Ziggler. <laughs> we had Ziggler and uh, Sonya Deville against Otis and Mandy Rose. Uh, I have nothing else for this match other than the fact that Mandy Rose wore the greatest outfit of all time. Of all time. Um, other than we the, are of all time on this show. On this show. Yes. And in everywhere in the world. Yes. We are no longer going to refer to them as Daisy Dukes. Sure. They will officially be referred to as Mandy Roses. Mandy Roses. <laughs> Look, at she's wearing those Mandy Roses. Good God, man. It was Damn, all... you see those pair of roses she had on? Whoa. <laughs> all denim all the time. It just <laughs> shit. Just un, un freaking real. Just if she crazy. comes out in that and Otis comes out in a Canadian tuxedo, <laughs> ponied up with a bolo yep. tie, too, Ticket. I'm going to lose my shit. Ticket. Um, I can only say that uh, if Mandy, I, I really wish Mandy Rose was wrestling in the early 2000s when they were pushing oh. every single diva into Playboy. Good God, man. Uh, I, uh, it's not too late. She would have been bigger than Trish. Never too late. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> and then Jeff Hardy defeating Sheamus in the uh, IC tournament. Um, I, all I got was Mandy Rose. I'm sorry. You, 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 yeah, no, you, I, I ain't got anything else. <laughs> you lost me at Mandy Rose. Um, was there anything? I, I mean, as far as. Uh, 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 dynamite. Any anything of note other than it? Everything's setting up to uh, double or nothing. From dynamite, there was a couple good spots that they had. Right. MJF versus Marco Stunt was hilarious. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah yeah. That was the face to face with Jake and and Arn Anderson. Yeah, that was actually really good. Uh, with the, that was awesome. Little, I thought that it was going to actually, you know, get into something. Break out into something at the long-ass table, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hikaru Sheed. No, 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 I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, Ray, Ray Phoenix yes. got injured. Let's talk about that really quick. Um, when these guys go onto these top ropes and do these these flips off the top, and they're basically like five or six people on the bottom on the floor to catch you, and they fail to catch you, mm-hmm. that's a bad look. And yeah. especially with someone like him who does these moves effortlessly. He did one spot with Cassidy where he was on he jumped onto the top rope. Cassidy was on the on the top turnbuckle. 
facing inside the ring. He jumped onto the 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 rope and then he went face first into the ground, but grabbed Cassidy and did like a like a power bomb, like a suplex power bomb from the top. It was like the weirdest, coolest thing I've seen. And he just comes up with these innovative things. He's one of the best wrestlers on the planet, and you you just botched it by just letting him drop. And yeah, it wasn't a good uh, it wasn't a good look for Ray. No, not on the back. No. It uh I I it's it, listen wrestling is dangerous. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Everybody still thinks it's fake. But when you want to put on a show to the best of your abilities, this is what happens. Yeah. This is what happens. And um I mean right on the on the, the tail of his back. It's just man, I when he did that, he pulled that spot and and that was live. This this dynamite was live. And when that happened in the moment, I'm just like, "Oh shit, I screamed out." Um this looked painful, and he was out of the match, and then in turn out of Double or Nothing because of it, and replaced with uh, Joey Janela. Yeah, so I actually screamed during Britt Baker. That's when I got a little eesh. I got a little cringy. Which spot was that? So Britt Baker like tore her ACL. Did she? In during, the match, in, that, in, that, in, that in the four-way match she had on on Wednesday, she was taking on. I'm sorry, it was a tag match. It was her and Nyla, Nyla against right. Statlander and, and Sheeta. Sheeta, right. So what had happened was they had beat her into the corner, uh, Sheeta and Statlander. Mm-hmm. And then when Nyla Rose came to save, Sheeta and Statlander got the upper hand on, on Nyla. And then they decided to pick her up and throw her entire body so that she essentially sentons Britt Baker. But Britt had her knee up. Mm. And when Nyla's weight came down on Britt's knee, oh shit, that's right. It just, psh, yeah, that's what they said. Hmm. It also is said that Britt's coming out on Wednesday to explain what's happening. Now I am not too sure if this is a work or not, because okay. I looked at it and they did a hell of a job at switching camera angles really quickly. Yeah, because you couldn't see. Listen, you could see Joe Theismann, you <laughs> could see RG three. Good lord, <laughs> all these people. Theismann is the worst. Theismann is definitely the worst. Yeah. L- Kev- L- no. LT, LT Kevin Ware. Up. Kevin Ware is the worst. I'm not aware of Ware. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Got it. Uh, Kevin Ware was part of the Louisville basketball team when they won the championship Okay. in 2012, I think. Mm-hmm. So what had happened was he went to block a shot. Okay. He came down on his right leg and his shin ended up exploding his shin bone pierced his foot his uh his his skin so it was a compound fracture which means i don't know i found this out kind of recently compound fracture just means it pierces the skin i think so that had happened and then you just see i watched that game live it was wild As, is that as wild as um, uh, when Sid Vicious botched it and, and cracked his leg when he landed in the ring? Do you remember that one? No, that it was more wild. Really? Okay. Because uh, you see the sl- like fucking dumbass ESPN or whatever it was during March Madness just decides to show the slow-mo of him going up and then coming down, and you just see his fo- his leg just go... Okay, we're good. No, we're not good. We're fucked. 
Those, those always freak me out, man. All those they those, do. Uh, those breaks, just like it just, it's so. I sudden. could watch them all day long, the but I, they still freak me they out. They freak me out, and the idea of you like he's holding his leg. I'm thinking. I'm talking about the, the Sid Vicious one. He's holding his leg up, and it's at a, it's at a ninety degree angle. Yeah, <laughs> and his leg is like to the left, but his 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 thigh is pointing straight. His his bottom half of his leg is pointing to the left. Um, just it's so it's so awful to look at. Um, we'll hopefully find out if Baker's okay. Uh, can I just say, uh, I was uh, in all, tr- in all truthfulness, I was, uh, working last night, caught the last bit of double or nothing and then watched the, basically the first half of, of it on a replay. This was insane from top to bottom, like incredibly good from top to bottom. So exactly at 8 PM. Yeah. I had, I had purchased it the night before Okay, because it was two nights ago, I think now, mm-hmm. uh, I was watching a TV show that was on commercial and then I was on Instagram and I see, Oh, you know, buy double or nothing now. And I'm like, shit, I'm going to do that now. Mm. So I bought it. And then exactly at 8 PM, I switched over and I started watching it. Mm. And I think I might've picked up my phone maybe twice during the whole, the whole pay-per-view, it is. all three and a half hours. Yeah, it is. It was enthralling. It was uh, to the point where like the last match, the the main event, I was sitting here like glued. <laughs> I was sitting here glued, and I had to pee. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I had to pee. I had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm, I'm either pausing this or leaving this TV because that was one of the most entertaining things I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes, um, and we will get to that. We will get to get to all that. So we started off with uh, the uh, the buy-in match uh, with Private Party taking on Best Friends for the number one contender for AEW Tag Team Champion. Yeah, my 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 boys didn't uh, pull it off, but. Uh, Private party in their first appearance uh, yeah. in, in forever. <laughs> for the first time in forever, Frozen. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, just, uh, it's good to see him back. <laughs> it is, but, oh, man, I really thought they had it. But it makes sense. Best friends are kind of been on a tear as of late. And and by the way, um, can I, I think I, I texted you and, and uh, Steven. If if uh, if Cassidy, it's the first time I've ever heard Cassidy actually talk. Um, yeah. If he can actually get on the mic more, that was hysterical what he said. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's hysterical. I, I'm trying to remember what exactly I thought I, I wrote it down. It was something like, uh, "See, so mean I have to climb the ladder." Right. Ugh. Oh no, no. And that, well, he, yeah, he said climb the ladder. And then when they they put their hands in to kind of do like the one two three break thing, he put his hand on the on the pile of hands on best friend's hand <laughs> backwards. Yeah. So he put his his the back of his hand on top of the pile, and then he said, oh, <laughs> "Wait, are we doing this on three? Or are we doing this one two three? Like that? <laughs> that I, I I cracked up. I lost my shit. That was hysterical. Uh, he, he is he's a gem. Um, speaking of which, so it was uh, Darby Allen against Orange Cassidy versus Joey Janela replacing uh. Uh, Ray versus mm-hmm. uh, Scorpio Sky, Kazarian, Luchasaurus, Cocabana, Kip boom, boom. Sabian, and a mystery wrestler. Um, and starting off this match with Kazarian and Sky was genius. Absolutely, because you have Kazarian like with his music and SCU music, and it just stops, and then you just <laughs> you hear and then you hear SCU music again. Like, God, it was great. <laughs> so that was actually really good. Um, what your thoughts about this match here? Because the the surprise wrestler. The mystery wrestler, I was like, uh, okay. Uh, okay, so I I really fuck with Jimmy Havoc in a suit that's got blood spatter on it. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. He, he's insane. Okay. He is insane. Darby, when he skate dropped off that ladder I don't and it looked like he was about to kill Frankie. Yeah. And then just dropped and then broke the fucking ladder underneath him. 
I didn't quite understand that spot because he wasn't really there when he landed on the ladder. He kind of moved out of. If you look at like a, him a jumping, yeah, he, you could see him roll off. Like when he jumps, you could see him kind of stumble out of the way. Okay, because I thought that he was long, long gone after he tried to jump on top of him with the, with the skateboard. Yeah, broke the ladder. Yeah, broke the ladder. I was, was done. Uh, Orange Cassidy, mm-hmm. uh, we said it before. He's fucking gold. He is. Not being able to set up a ladder was <laughs> it, incredible. That's <laughs> amazing. Uh, there's going to be some dissension within SCU soon Very because soon. Kaz, if you notice, uh, Kaz got hit by Joey with a steel chair. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Scorpio took the steel chair from him. And then when Kaz looked back, it was Scorpio holding the chair. Right. So watch them be broken up by the end of the year. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's get into this mystery opponent. Yes. <laughs> what was your qualms about him? Is it just because you didn't know a lot about him? Um, I think the the best way to have uh, uh someone like Brian Cage come into this is like a match like this, and then to catapult him straight to the top because everybody else is known. You want to kind of have someone that might be impressive. That is good looking. That is talented, like a Brian Cage. AEW has a way of propelling wrestlers and talent like that in a very quick manner, but in a very good manner. And I thought this yep. was this was good this for him. I just I was like, uh, oh, <laughs> and I've I've seen him once before. I just it was kind of again. I'll look back on this moment and and say I'll probably say I'll swallow my words and be like, okay, I get it now. But in the moment, it was kind of. Uh, I was like, okay. Okay, so I had a complete opposite reaction to you. Okay. I heard the music hit, and then I hear a familiar voice come over saying something about the pa- the wrath of Cage. Okay. As soon as he said Cage, yeah. I fucking knew. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to see anybody. I didn't. I just needed to hear him say, are you safe from the wrath of Cage or whatever he said? Right. But I noticed that it was a very familiar voice in between that guy coming out and uh, the voice I heard. And in between that, I did figure out it was Taz. And yeah. I was so happy I did because when I found out Taz was actually managing Brian Cage, right. I was so happy. I think, I, yeah, I think I, I felt a little better <laughs> knowing that Taz was involved. Because this kind of guy needs, and I think I've, I've heard him talk before, he needs someone like Taz. And Taz is amazing on the mic, as we all know. So yeah, having having Taz as your manager is definitely key. And uh, him barking orders <laughs> to Cage and kind of giving him instruction uh, was really cool. Um, Taz ending everything with, I promise the bodies are going to keep dropping. Just uh, uh, all kinds Thank of Thank cool. God. So, so Brian Cage is the number one contender now for, uh, for Mox's title. That'd be a good match, man. I, I'm, yes, <laughs> it will. I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, I just wish they had it like Money in the Bank. Well, they had to save that for the end. You can't have to. You can't blow your load in the beginning and then. No, 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 no. Not like okay. Style. I, I, I didn't want the match to be like the Money in the Bank match. Right. I wanted the winner to be able to carry something, a la the Money in the Bank briefcase. Oh, well, he's got a chip now. Yes, but it's for a match. Right. Just like it's not at any opportune time. 
that they Moxley oh, gets beat down by Brody right, Lee, right, right. and then Cage comes out and cashes in. Right, you cash, no. it, cash in your chips. See, that's perfect. Cash in your chips for the match. Yeah, but you cash in your chips for the match. I get it. All lines up, but it's not in the no I, realm. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Right, it's not a cash in. It's basically you're you're going to fight him at some point. Just, it, but it's going to be like a sanctioned match. I I understand what you're saying. I just I you know, you, you, to it's your, not a cash in. It's more of a double down. Double down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gambling um so that was that match there and then next up explain to me the the greatness of mjf versus jungle boy okay so think about you have a young Shawn michaels and a young bret hart in the prime of their careers okay that's well, ex- exactly what you saw i'm all about it it was a fantastic technical wrestling match mm-hmm. it had a ridiculously bad person as a heel and a crazy over babyface as a, well, babyface. And it, everything about it was match of the night to me. It was the best singles match of the night, and it showed the direction that AEW can go in right. for the next 20 years. Right. Because those guys might have 10 years of experience collectively. Yeah. Well, so yeah, that being boys, said, you have those years. two, you got those guys put on the level, qual- the quality level of match they had mm. last night. There's only going to be good things for them coming. That's phew, honestly all I had to say. I, re- I really thought Jungle Boy would have would pulled it off, but yeah, MGF takes the win on that one. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. And if you look at some of the bumps MGF took, yeah, he he took a poison Rana off the off the. Off the apron. Yeah. And then landed on his feet dazed like Triple H when he was doing the whole mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Sean was blowing him up. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you get it. Yeah. And uh, then he just falls to the ground and you look at him and you're like, I mean, I know that this is scripted and all, but that looked like it hurt and it looked like he was down. Yeah. <laughs> but... Boy, that 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 boy can sell. He can sell. Let me just tell you, he's good. <laughs> he's very good. Um, moving on to the the TNT uh, championship between uh, Lance Archer and Cody, uh, I want to put this out there. Uh, I know I'm always uh, doom and gloom when I come out to my with my uh, critiques of things. That TNT belt is the ugliest thing. I, I one of the ugliest belts I've seen in a long time. Dog shit, but it's version one. <laughs> it is version one. <laughs> that, I like how you spin things. Okay, I got you. All right, it is it is a hideous belt, but it's uh, the first thing I thought of. When, uh, I saw my, I saw a, a picture on Facebook of Tyson holding up the, the belt. Yeah, I guess AE, Tony probably did a photo shoot sure. with Tyson and shit. Sure. So when I saw that, I was like, "That looks horrendous." Mm-hmm. The twenty four seven title looks better than it. It does. It really does. It's just kind of weird. And they also had a photo of Mox and Cody holding up like they had each of the belts on their respective shoulders, and they're giving the, the finger to the camera. And you just look at the actual AEW championship. And how good that looks, and Beautiful. then how it's and the total opposite. You basically just went on the, on the complete opposite end of, of uh, aesthetics when it comes to that belt. It just is. You mix the Raw Tag Team Championships with the Universal Championship and the Twenty Four Seven Championship, and came up with that bird shit of a fucking title. <laughs> the bird shit of a title. Um, yeah, not uh, not not a good look. Yes, but I, I I hope that you're right that it's a version one, and we'll we'll go from there. Um, I like the idea that uh, that Jake Roberts gets gets tossed out, and then uh, and so, so did uh, 
Uh, no, Arn got, Arn got tossed out first. Uh, right, Anderson got tossed out first. And then just for the hell of it, Jake got tossed out yeah, too. <laughs> and then magically comes back with the fucking stick. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know if you've seen um, Mike Tyson in that that new uh, like promo video that he came out with. Uh, the, no, the I boy- haven't, but I saw him last night. Boy, that the he he's got the shape of a twenty two year old. Dude, why, when you get a chance, or and everybody listening, go watch this video. It's on it's on Instagram. Mike Tyson, he's back. Like he's just like, oh yeah, he, holy shit! Like he's, I'm 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 thoroughly afraid. I, I'm thinking of when I see him. I think of uh, uh, Hangover when he was in Hangover One and just how like paunched and and overweight he was. And now like now, good god! <laughs> First off, I was afraid of Mike in the Hangover. I <laughs> there has not been a single point in my life where I did not look at Mike Tyson and say that man can't punch me out. Right. Right. It's not like he lost. It's not like he lost the the strength. He just he lost maybe speed, but now he's got everything back, and he's, he's got it back. He's fifty three. <laughs> he looks great. He looks amazing. Um, and every single and person, now he's going to be on dynamite next week. And now he's going to be on dynamite. And every single person that that has wrestled, like even including Lance Archer or Warlow, he could have knocked the fuck out. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah. So. Uh, uh, what do you think he pulls like a whole switcheroo like he did with DX? He's like, hey, he's with Cody, blah, 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 and then bam, and then knocks Cody knocks out, Cody out and, and rips off his shirt, and it's a Jake the Snake Roberts t-shirt. <laughs> you should do that. That would be awesome. Um, Cody did have one move in that match where I thought it could have been foreshadowing for something to come. Sure. I've never seen Cody do the move a single time I've ever watched a Cody Rhodes match. Okay. But he pulled off a stinger splash in the middle of that match. Mm-hmm. And with all this sting thing, bullshit going around with him not working with WWE anymore. Uh-huh. All I'm saying is that you're going to – I don't even know what I'm saying. Watch for Sting. <laughs> Sting's going to be there. Mark my words, Sting Sting's going to be in AEW Sting at some point be, before Sting, 2021. Oh, I like it. I like it. If Sting can, can come back and, and not only come back but actually like compete or be a part of it in some like integral way, I'm all for it. And Sting How is, could you not have Sting with WWE's number one rival company? I know. <laughs> it has Sting written all over it. It does. It really does. And – uh it just it would, be, it would it would it would also show one more reason why rest, uh, WWE just has they sometimes sometimes just can't do right by certain people even though they really should like they should have went above and beyond to have Sting when he when he finally came to WWE after all the hemming and hawing and apprehension of him coming to WWE from from WCW he he went to TNA. That's how much yeah. he, he did not want. And all stemming from the fact that they buried, that one time that they buried Booker T. He saw that in wrestling, and he's gone on record as saying that he saw Booker T get buried uh, by Stone Cold and everybody and did not want any part of that. So the fact that you came to WWE, your first match is a mania match against Triple H, and that you didn't win, I still have, I understand they gave reasons, I understand that they gave reasons why they did what they did. I still think it was a horrible move. I still think that they, they try to give the, the whole uh, nostalgia angle when they had NWO versus uh, DX come out and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, th- I think the whole thing was just shit. And so it, it should have been Taker. Oh, it absolutely should have been Taker. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, pff, my God. Even if he lost, it, I, that I would have accepted better. If he, if he lost to Taker, then losing to Triple H. Because I, yeah. I get that Triple H was the one, just like he does with every single person. He's the he's, he's the the bridge maker. <laughs> like he will he will make everything simpatico and kind of work things out. And that's the match that you had was because Triple H was there to to kind of bring you in. But yeah, yeah it should have been the your dream match. You missed out, just like you missed out on the dream match with um 
with Hogan and Flair at WrestleMania. Um, there's, there's many, many times, um, with like what we saw, I don't know if you got to the, uh, I don't think you did with the, the Legion of doom, uh, episode with, uh, dark side of the ring. No, well, they, I have not. They talked about because Hawk was so screwed up at one point during uh SummerSlam that he was supposed to have a main event match. It ended up being the first match, uh, against, uh, like IRS, uh, and somebody else. Like, it's just, you, you, you have these, these opportune moments that you could kind of take advantage of and you just kind of throw it by the wayside. So all that to say is that I feel like AEW has a, a, a prime shot for him. If they actually are actually signing him, that would be amazing if they could get him and, and put him to use. And if he's still able to go at his age, that'd be even better. Okay, now here's just a quick thought. One, my last thought about this. What if you have, okay, you've had Taz now. Taz is now managing uh, Brian Cage, right? Jake the Snake is managing Lance Archer. Arn Anderson is the head coach for Cody Rhodes. Cody, right. Tully Blanchard is Sean the manager Spears. of Sean Spears. Right. Is there anybody else I'm missing that has a legend? No. I know you don't need a mouthpiece for him, but how cool would it be to be St- see Stinger and, and Darby together? Oh, that would be a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, and then 30 years down the line, we get a 30 for 30 of them doing each other's makeup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why uh, maybe that's why Darby Allen's got kind of like holding it back at with Taz, kind of like managing him because he knows that thing's going to come in. That'd be great. You can both just have them silently talk to each other. Yeah, <laughs> they communicate by looks. That'd be great. Um, so I, all that to say also is that Cody took the title. T- Cody took the the first ever TNT. He's the first ever TNT champion with that horrible belt. And, he had uh, to though. Yeah, I guess. I guess. No, no, you can't. Yeah, no, I, no, I was gonna say because to. because Cody's the guy that that is is over his shit. He's a, he's the wrestler that that is that owns the company basically, and is is above and beyond over. So to kind of have the belt I, at some point he had he needed to be a champion. I understand that. I get that. But you also had a, a, one of those situations that we always talk about where you had a wrestler like Archer that you could basically put over and give him a belt, and then Cody at some point could take it back. But see now, this is a this is a point where you look at Archer right now with Jake, he's over. Even with losing, he's over. Right. You have Cody lose this. If if Cody lost this, it would have been the slow decline of of Cody Rhodes. Okay. Just because he can't go after the AEW title. Right. He lost in the first ever AEW T or whatever TNT title match. Right. Right. After that, people are just, uh, you know, it's it, the one thing that always the the folklore about John Cena was always big match John. Mm. Right. You got you got to have somebody like that in AEW that, yeah, he might get beat down the whole match. But, you know, at the end of that match, he's going to win. And if he doesn't win, there's going to be a fucking beat down on either one of their ends. Right. You know? So I think he had to win. I think that there was no other choice other than to have Cody Rhodes win this title. All right, fair enough. I, I didn't think of that. I appreciate that. Um, and then we had uh, uh, gave an update up on Dr. Britt Baker, as you had mentioned before. Um, <laughs> the injury is not as bad as the patient, if, if I can be real, said uh, Dr. Sampson. She's a real high ma- She's really high maintenance. She's a role model, and she'd like to give her own update this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. So we'll see. How that, that works out. But in the meantime, Penelope Ford, who I do not mind taking the spot of anybody on any roster ever in mankind ever, 
Um, not a one. Not a one. Took on uh, Chris Statlander um, in, in a nice uh, little filler match. Uh, God, Ford. Yeah, I think I think she. Um, I don't know if she's underrated. I think she's a little underrated as far as like her talent goes because she's really <laughs> like acrobatic. I think um, you haven't seen the full spectrum of Penelope Ford, and I'm looking forward to it. In, in oh the, yes, I am. So in so many ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the chairman Sean Spears waiting for uh, Dustin Rhodes in the ring, uh, giving out that uh, that challenge and uh, getting attacked from behind, um, and uh, Dustin taking that that win. Uh, I'm afraid for Sean Spears, and I feel like he's. Whatever he he did in WWE, I don't know if he's more comfortable now in AEW, or that he's allowed to. I know everybody has like a little more freedom there, but he's. Uh, I can almost count on one hand the amount of wins that he's actually had. No, I, I don't think it's almost. I think you can count the amount of wins on one hand that he actually had. <laughs> he's a, he's a way over jobber, which is is kind of weird. Um, so Dustin is not retired; he is back, and so yes, go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Asked. Okay. Um, uh, they announced uh, All Out uh, for September 5th, 2020 as the next uh, pay-per-view. That is a while off. So really nothing <laughs> nothing else announced in between, between now and then. Um, and then we had the uh, number one ranked uh, Hikaru Shida facing Nyla Rose in a no DQ match. Uh, can I just say, holy shit. With the uh, the kendo stick, and when she knocked her, when when she knocked Nyla Rose in the head with the kendo stick, I screamed. And it was like, now this is about ten o'clock at night. I, I 10 o'clock. I screamed out. I, I hope I didn't wake. The up. man's the bleeding. The man, <laughs> the man is bleeding. The man just got knocked in the head, like really, like clocked <laughs> with that stick. I'm like, oh shit. Um, yeah, this is surprisingly good. I was very. This was actually the first match I could probably say the first women's match that I've actually watched that actually held my interest, and not only held my interest, but was really good. Yeah, it it, it was really good, and I didn't think that. I'll be honest, I didn't think Sheeta was gonna was gonna pull it off. No, I didn't think so either. I I really didn't think so either, and I think that again for all the shit that everybody gives for the women's division of AEW, this was uh, it, it's. It's getting better, and this is yeah. hopefully a a precursor to things to come in AEW with the women's division. But man, this was this, this was really good, and uh, Sheeta take pulls it out and is now the new, new champion. I think you should have just had Sheeta do it from the beginning. Sorry, what knocking her out? No, 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 no. no. Uh, Sheeta should have been the first champion. Okay, instead of Riho. Riho. Uh, Sheeta's more realistic as a champion. Right. Going up against the likes of a Chris Statlander, Nyla Rose, even a Riho, you know, she could beat all of them. I understand why you had Riho as the first champion, but I, I think you just answered your own question. I don't think it was the right move. I think you answered your own question. I think it's because she's not able, or she is able. She's she's very talented in the ring, but to be realistic, you probably have her as the first champion to get out of the way, and that way. Because if, if somebody else like Nyla Rose had the belt, how was she going to get it? I also think the reason that uh, Sheeta took the belt, well, not took it, but, you know, the reason Sheeta got the belt was she's been there. Right. She has been there this entire time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Nyla has been there every week, but I know that Sheeta has made an appearance at least on every single Dynamite since quarantine. Okay. 
So I think at that point, they're just like, okay, we don't know what to do with this. We're going to reward. We know someone who's been here the whole time. Right, right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so now this is the match I turned on when I first watched it actually live. And that was uh, for the, the AEW title with uh, Mr. Brody Lee taking on John Moxley. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 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 Dean Ambrose taking on Luke Harper. Luke Harper. Um, with, with totally different uh, threads on. Uh, and I, I remember when I turned it on and I, I started watching it, I watched it like it was, I turned it on with like two minutes in and they immediately just start destroying everything. And you had told me there was one more match left, which was the, the, uh, the, the stampede, stampede match. match that of course, at the, as soon as you texted me that they started destroying the set and I'm like, of course they're destroying the set now because there's no more matches <laughs> going on here. Everything else is going to be outside. Um, they, they completely destroyed it and ironically destroyed, uh, uh, at one point Brody Lee destroyed, a set piece that had Moxie's face on it and, and slammed him into it. Well, if you look, uh, which I don't know how I didn't notice during the beginning of it, the uh, the Aces had Moxley's picture on it. Yes. But what I didn't notice was that the Aces have the picture of the main event on it. So right. it's Moxley on the Ace of Hearts, I think, or the Ace of Diamonds. It was red. I know red. that. It was red, yes. And the black one had Brody on, on top. Exactly. Right. But Moxley was on the bottom. Right. So Moxley on the other one was on top, right. and Brody was on the bottom. Right. I didn't notice that until they went over to Bro to the, the Ace of Spades. They, uh, Moxley got hit with the Ace and all that stuff. And originally, I looked at that Ace of Spades, and I was like, why the fuck is Seth Rollins on there? Because <laughs> okay. I just saw that that right. like beard that wasn't even like a full beard. It didn't yeah. look like his beard like Brody's beard mm -hmm. and then the slick back hair I was like the fuck's the Messiah doing in AEW you right imagine now? and then his music hits burn it down and then just you see Seth Rollins coming oh my god he's AEW um yeah that was oh it. my god that was, that was Brody Lee uh <laughs> and then the the spot one of the spots of the night which actually would get repeated in a grander fashion later on in the evening was uh Moxley basically uh suplexing uh, uh Lee into the ramp and yep. just going right through the right through the ramp um, so a big asshole in the ramp, the two of them come out and then, uh, sending Brody Lee crashing into the, uh, also at one point, uh, Lee going, th uh, through the timekeeper's table. Um, they, they fought everywhere around that, the, the entire ring. Uh, and then, uh, gives, gives him the paradigm shift and then Moxley, uh, puts him in a, a rear naked choke sleeper and then he just passes out and Moxley wins. That powerbomb, that, that paradigm shift through the fucking entrance made me pop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a hell of a spot. If I was there, I would have started a holy shit chant. Everybody. <laughs> like, no, I, I would have started. I, I would have started. <laughs> I think you just wait. You want to wait. Next time you go to a pay-per-view or any anything where we get, I'm gather gonna, again. Any, any, any opportunity any I opportunity, fucking get. Any gathering. Just, I'm starting a chant. It doesn't matter what it is. USA. <laughs> USA. Come on. The beer it's guy. The beer guy at Yankee Stadium coming around. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want any reason. I want any reason to do it. Um, and then the stadium stampede match. And I want to say, <laughs> I, we, we do a lot of uh, declarative statements on this, this show. Yeah, we like to give hot takes. Hot takes. And we also say this is like, this, this is the best ever. That's the best ever. This was, and I say this, and if you haven't watched, again, if you don't watch it, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. One of the most entertaining matches I've ever seen in my entire life. My entire yep. life. And I texted you and Steve and I said, this is, that was it, one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. To the point where it was just like, I, again, I had to 
sit here. I had to go to the bathroom and I would not leave my seat because I didn't want to miss anything that was going on because they, I, I, I texted you also the, the idea that this was like money in the bank uh, as far as editing goes, because obviously this, yes. this is not, this, this portion was not live. Um, but it was in editing. It was, it looked like money in the bank, but cranked up and, and to, to like 15,000 and just taking a, a, a eight ball of cocaine. Like it, it was, looks <laughs> like uh, what Money in the Bank should have been had Vince McMahon had a pool in his uh, office. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, even hit a kiddie pool. If he had something going on with that, it was just all over the arena. They 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 were in um, stadium uh, in the stadium. Not arena. That's right in the stadium um, where the Jaguars play. Obviously, it's, it's very nice. And the first thing I thought of was it's, it must be nice to have the bankroll of a of a uh, NFL team owner. <laughs> <laughs> to, I know, I know you didn't mean for this pun, but you kind of just what is you that? wanted. Uh, it'd be nice to have the bankroll of TIAA Bank feel while the owner uh, a con <laughs> exactly to, a con to, to <laughs> kind of uh, have the 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 money to uh, payroll this whole thing. Um, but yeah, so TIAA Bank Field was the uh, the spot for this match, and so basically they had the intros and the <laughs> and. Inner Circle comes out with these these uh, football padding going on, and then the Elite comes out, and it's only four Elite members to five uh, uh, Inner Circle member members, and Omega's like, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, uh, Hangman. Will He's, be, coming. He's, He's coming. He's coming. Don't worry about it." Uh, and he did. Um, so they basically go at it. They're running at each other, and they're on the field. They're on the football field, and there's a ring in the <laughs> in the middle of the football field, um, which came into play maybe five minutes in total, if that. <laughs> as far as the, yeah. the entirety of this match, there was, there was a wrestling ring just for show. It really it was, it was like a couple moves here that Jericho did on uh, Nick Jackson. Um, and that was really it. Uh, it's all over the place. And there were four referees and their, their cameras all over the place. And they just, it was just so well choreographed um, in, in every single spot that it was just, there was nothing that was like a downtime when they, when they cut from one camera to another. To the point where, like, Hangman finally showed up on a horse, <laughs> a fucking horse, on a horse, <laughs> on a re- on a freaking horse, man, and and he just and chases Sammy down like it's the old fucking west. <laughs> it was just amazing. That that was incredible. They went um at, at one point, uh, yeah, Hardy uh, gives Sammy a twist of fate. Uh, Santana had uh, my my one of my favorite spots of the whole night was it was Santana and Ortiz. They 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 pull up Hardy. To the the uh, the up the steps, yes. And then they, they cool it was around. the best spot of the whole night. It, it was. It really was. They pull up Hardy to the to the the next uh, area of the arena of the stadium. They they bring him over to. There's a pool in the damn stadium. They put Hardy in, in Damascus mode. They put him in the pool. They they, yes. they dunk him in the pool. The next thing they cut Wait. to. Yes, go ahead. You're forgetting one crucial point. Please. It was Santana that threw Matt Hardy in the pool. Yes. Santana immediately jumps in the pool. Oh, right. And then Ortiz, go ahead. Ask Ortiz to get in the pool. And Ortiz says, I can't swim. I can't swim. Meanwhile, it's like three feet deep. And it was hilarious. <laughs> and then Santana's like, Santana's like, just get in, pendejo. <laughs> yes. It was so fucking good. Uh, yeah. And then, and then uh, Santana and Ortiz dunk Hardy's head into the water and he's no longer Damascus but he's a different version uh, <laughs> of Hardy Matt um, Hardy version 1 version 1 he was version 1 um, they dunk him again into the water 
and he became uh, like a totally was different. That big mo- was that Big Money Matt? The Big Money Matt. He became big. That's right. He became Big Money Matt. Um, and, it was, and every time they dunked him, the side of the pool has a has a it's a clear window, and you can see yeah. him look at the camera and give like the V one <laughs> sign on his hands, and then he come up and he was a totally different. It was just it was just so well put together, and just like it was just just popping every single like every matter five of seconds. Fact. Yeah, with <laughs> a matter of fact, it was just it, it was just so it's so well done. And then uh, apparently uh, Ortiz and Santana were were done by the water. That was like their end of the match. Of <laughs> the whole thing was that they get uh, beaten down by. Uh, oh, and I'm sorry, uh, Ortiz got tied up in the in the uh, wheelchair. Yes, and Santana got thrown into the freezer. Correct. I'm sorry, you're right. Thank you. Get thrown into the freezer, and then he gets locked in, and that was the end of the two of them. Uh, um, yes, I think I think all this happened before. Matt Hardy's thing. Uh, Matt Jackson went off the goalpost. Oh, yeah. We talked about that, too. Matt uh, Jackson went off the goalpost, and Sammy did a moonsault from the ring onto the guys. He did. I'm sorry. He did a backflip off the goalpost onto only Jericho and Guevara. Yes. Right. And then later on in the ring, Sammy did a, a moonsault on the, onto, I think it was like Jake, Matt. It was, it was a bunch of people on the side. Mm-hmm. But all of them seem to have moved out of the way. And just the shot of Sammy in the air and nobody underneath him except at right at the end, everybody's arms come together and they yeah, catch him. And, and I was like, thank oh, God. my God. Thank God. Because That was another, close. We almost had another Owen Hart. Oh, another Owen Hart, Ray Phoenix uh, kind of situation, breaking backs and shit. Yeah, thank God for catching him. And uh, there was that spot. There was a spot where... Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Paige goes and is basically walks away from the match. He ends up going to the bar, and they they mention it, and then they they do some other things, and then fast forward, Jake Hager is looking for him, sees the sign, <laughs> walks to the bar. You see Hangman Page sitting at the bar drinking uh, uh scotch. Uh, Hager sits next to him, whiskey, it's Tennessee whiskey. Okay, Tennessee whiskey. Excuse me. There's a difference. It's the same damn thing. Stop it. It's not. It's, it's not whiskey. I'm and not scotch. Get into the technicality of it. It's not. Okay. Um, he's drinking whiskey. Thank you. Because it's American. Um, exactly. <laughs> he gives he gives Hager a glass, pours him a glass, gives it to him. They both take the shot, and they're like, you want to do this? And then so they start, begin to fight in the cafeteria <laughs> slash bar area. In uh, the bar, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then it basically you have uh, Omega comes out of nowhere and assists uh, Paige in fighting Hager. Uh, and then- he, Not before- this was all after Hager slid Hangman all the length of the bar a, and onto another table in a saloon style spot where he uh. he slid Page across the entire and they just it just so happened to of course in 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 a bar that nobody's attended in a, a, a football uh, game in months now the bar is dirty as hell <laughs> there's shit all over the bar and well Hangman or, was there for twenty minutes he wasn't at that part of the bar he was sitting somewhere else. So, so he was sitting somewhere else, and you mean to tell me that Paige had all that shit? There was, like, paper. There's, like, cups. <laughs> there's, like, different, like, there's lemons. There's all this other shit on the bar. And then Hager just basically drags Paige across the bar to, to gather all this shit off and then knocks him off the bar. But then, turn around, Omega comes out, and they do the spot where Paige basically hops off of Omega's back to do the, the buckshot lariat over the bar. He, he yeah. clotheslines <laughs> Hager over the bar. And that was the end of that. And then he pours, he, Paige then proceeds to pour himself a Tennessee whiskey and then pours Omega a glass of, of milk. They take the, they drink it and then they move on from that. So now Hager's out. So now you have three members, <laughs> three members out. Moving over to Jericho, 
with one of the best spots is that Jericho is fighting uh, both uh, uh, Jackson brothers. Young Bucks. Bucks. <laughs> was that was that Matt or Nick that ran up the stairs? Nick. It was it was weird. So so Matt threw Jericho onto a table. Nick runs up the stairs all the way up to the the next level. Then runs down the stairs, hops onto the railing, and then does a splash onto Jericho on the table. Um, that wasn't the last. That wasn't. But before that, though, there was the spot where uh, Jericho. It, it wasn't a, uh, a Judas effect. It was it was some move where he he basically pinned uh, uh, Nick Jackson. He he kicked out a two, and then Jericho and Aubrey Edwards, the referee, started bickering back and forth. And we finally. Got it. Replay. Finally, we got a it replay. Finally, <laughs> happened in wrestling. It is. It has come to this. We have. We found. We see a replay. Not. 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 We see replays. We see replays all the time. But that the referee went to a replay booth. Actually, went inside the booth. Jericho follows her. She's like, "You can't be in here. <laughs> you got to get out." They see the. They, she sees the replay. Nobody sees because it's, it's still outside of the booth. And then the, Aubrey Edwards comes out, and it's like it's two, it's two, and the <laughs> the bickering went back and forth. But then, uh, then I'm hopping back and forth here. And then fast forward to the end where he does the splash. He comes off the table that Jericho gets, just got splashed on. He's on the he's on the floor. He's on the field. And uh, was that Omega? Uh, or was that, that, was, that was uh, yes. Jackson? It was either Omega or, or Hangman. Uh, oh, okay, it was one of them comes with the the line the the line paints a thingy. Yeah, for the, the line marker, line marker, and just rolls it over Jericho, <laughs> puts the line on Jericho, and he's he's done for the match. It was so hysterical because uh, Shivani made it a point to say, "Oh, it's in his crotch," <laughs> and the line is the line. It was in his crotch. The marker's in his crotch, and that was the end of Jericho. And now we're only down to Guevara, and he's being chased throughout the arena, throughout the stadium, and Hardy catches up with him. Omega catches up with him. Actually, it was I think it was Hammy and Page that that did it because Omega and Hardy were after Sammy. Sammy's running, Hardy and, and Omega finally catch up to him, and then <laughs> Omega is going for the, uh, uh, what's his, his, his final move? Tiger Driver 98! Was that it? I don't know. No. 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 Uh, <laughs> one Wing Angel. One Sorry, that's yes. the first one that came to my mind. <laughs> the One Wing Angel, um, and it, was like, it must have been like a, like a 20, 30 foot drop. Yeah, easily. So, so he basically puts him in. Uh, the, the move is you lift him up like oh, on your shoulders. They're both yeah. facing the same way. He he Guevara dips his head down. He grabs his head, and then proceeds to fall thirty feet into this platform. It was, it was obviously cushioned, and it had like a, a wood you no know, out, outer exterior basically, but it was cushioned underneath. But it was still a hell of a fall <laughs> and a hell of a spot to the point where Aubrey Edwards had to come with a ladder to climb up. That's the first time probably in history too that a referee had to climb a ladder. To make a count. Onto a platform. Onto a platform and, and make to make the final count. What an amazing match. Just uh, all around, it was just, I, I would watch that over and over again, and I will be, because it was just amazing from start to finish. How they edited it, how they, they produced it, the spots they had, uh, how they filmed it, it was just, it was just incredible. And, and, and kudos to AEW for, for pulling that off the way that WWE really, and, and it, no, no, this is nothing against WWE. They did a great job with Money in the Bank. I thought that was very entertaining. But this was like on a totally different level. It was, absolutely. Especially because you had a 100-yard locomotive <laughs> about that Northern too. Lights suplex. Yes. With, okay. With, yeah. 
I, think that was I don't understand the stamina that Matt Jackson has to have in order to pull that off. Well, I could I could also tell you that that move with Sam and Sam, Sammy took amazing spots. I, I'm I'm starting to like Sammy. Probably my favorite. He's he's probably my favorite inner circle member just because of the spots. He's that he the takes. Randy Orton. Yes, <laughs> he's a Randy Orton, and Sorry. the spots that he takes is just are just amazing. But I can tell you that they edited that. <coughs> they edited that to the point where it stopped smoking. Yeah, I can't. It's not good for you. Um, no, I know. The, the, to the I don't know what you're talking Smoking? I don't know what you're talking about. What were you saying? Randomly. No, Sammy, yeah. Sammy's like the <laughs> Ran- randomly coughing the Rona in your house. Um, they, they no had- Rona in my house. <laughs> you don't speak that word in here. Um, they, they they edited that. So it wasn't, he didn't do the entire 100 yards. They would basically do like three or four times and then cut. Yeah, but in then- history, it's going to go down as a 100 is. yard Northern in history, Light suplex. It will go down as a. <laughs> and that and that didn't finish off Gravara. Um but just between that, there's, there was a horse involved. There's a swimming pool involved. Uh, there were four different versions of Matt Hardy, Ice Maker. <laughs> just oh, you got uh, Ortiz dumping a bunch of adobo on uh, on Kenny Omega. The, the, the that was adobo. hilarious. <laughs> Uh, just and Excalibur uh, stupidly called it salt. The salt, yeah, an idiot. Yeah, it, you're supposed to be you're supposed to yeah. be doing a service for Mexican heritage. Yeah. You know what adobo is? Come on. By the way, uh, really quick with Excalibur, I, I love the 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 part where he was selling he was selling a, a product or a, it was coming from commercial. He was selling something, and Jr. was like, "All right, you sold enough. You're good." <laughs> so, yeah. He was, like, you saw Jr. try wanted to talk, and Excalibur kept going, and Jr. was like, "Okay, you're good. We're good." <laughs> uh, I just, just want to point out just something all about around. Excalibur. Yes, please. Uh, and notice it was funny how you've seen Excalibur in like black masks with a little bit of gold on it. Yesterday he had a blue mask on. Yeah. Did you notice that? I did. You know what yesterday was? No. May 23rd? What is it? Well, May 23rd, 1999, we actually talked about earlier in this episode. Is that Owen Hart? It is. Oh, really? Ah, I'm not saying that's like for sure that's, why he was wearing a blue mask. That's a hell of a coincidence. If it walks like a duck and shits <laughs> like a duck, that is a hell of a coincidence. Probably a duck. Wow, see, this is why you're here because just that, that I would never have, have even put two and two together. It's also because I watched the end of that like what an hour and a half ago. <laughs> um, that just that was so good. I, I got to go back and and watch that last match again between that and uh. <sighs> And MJF, I gotta, I gotta watch those. It was such. You need to watch so MJF good. first. So good, everything is just so good. It was incredible. I, I thoroughly entertained by yesterday's uh, uh, pay per view, and AEW just uh, killing it again. Um, they it, are killing the business. They're <laughs> in, a, in a in a good way. In a good way. In a good way. In a good way. Like yeah. the way a stand up comic kills. Right. In a good so way. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, yeah, they're not raping and pillaging the village. I mean, the business. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. Um, a- anything else before we close out this this zofting, as uh, Michael K likes to say, oh, zofting episode there you go. of uh, Sons of Slam. Um. Oh, two quick things. Yes. Tony Storm. Did I talk about Tony Storm already at the beginning? Did not. Oh, Tony Storm is now dating Juice Robinson from New Japan. Okay. So good for Juice. Congrats for Juice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. And just one thing I learned recently um, I was listening to this podcast. A couple comedians were talking. One of them's from Denver. So he knows a lot about the Indian native type or the ordeal. Yep. 
uh, Indian tribes. So like Apache, Iroquois, all that stuff, Mohawk, stuff like that. Mm. All of them got their names for their respective languages, word, meaning people. Okay. So like Mohawk in Mohawk means people. Okay. Mohawk. Okay. <laughs> Except the Comanche. The Comanche Indians, the the word Comanche in their language means enemy. Because they got fucking made fun of for so many years, they're like, we're going to call ourselves Comanche. Okay. So there's a little interesting history fact for you guys, because not a lot of people know about Indian tribes history. I like that. Well, because, you know, white people, right? <laughs> I I just wanted to pause to see where you went with that, and 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 not not only did you bring it, you you delivered very nice because because white people, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much. Thank you for making this always entertaining. We appreciate everything as far as you listening, as far as you spreading the word of Sons of Slam. Uh, again, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Uh, tell us what matches you're looking forward to with all brands. Um, AEW, WWE, even uh, New Japan, if, if anything's going down over there. Um, Hell, tell us when we're wrong, because we're not always right, even though I think I am. <laughs> I know you think you're always right. I know I'm never right. So if you could please just correct us, and then we will, we will correct ourselves, because that's what we like to do. I'm closing out the show with this song, because why the hell not? And uh, it's just uh, the first one that came up, and I love this song. So, Sons of Slam. I'm shout out to shout shout out to Brooklyn's own Shad Gaspard and Biggie Smalls. Yeah, rest in paradise, brothers. Rest in paradise, guys. Chris Mindell along with the Reaper, Joe Black. Deuces. R.I.P. Shad. Like Starsky and Hutch, stick to clutch. Yeah, I squeeze three at your cherry M3. Bang every MC easily. Take Recently, niggas frontin' ain't saying nothing. So I just speak my peace. Keep my peace. Cubans with the Jesus peace. With my peace. Packing, asking who want it. Did you nigga flaunt it? That Brooklyn bullshit, we on it. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken, you're so fake. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken, you're so fake. I put poses in The Sons of Slam Podcast.